Welcome to another episode of Marketing Revelations. I'm your host, Dan Flesh. Joining me today is Chelsea Madison, our marketing campaign manager. Chelsea, today we're going to talk a lot about data, which I know is a favorite thing of yours and mine as well. So we could talk for hours, but we're going to try and keep it a little bit shorter than that. Starting off, let's just dive right in. There's so much data in the world right now, just more than we've ever had. How do we start looking at data and parse through it with what's important? Fantastic question. Um, I personally refer to it as data. Okay, tomato, tomato, but continue, please. Um, So obviously, I feel like that's a question every single marketer has. There's so much data. How do I know how to look at it? What do I look for? What do I present? Um, And I think the most important pieces that I can get there is to just say, what are you trying to prove? Um, So when you think about who you're sharing your data with, what is the questions they're asking? Are there specific questions being asked? Is it a matter of answering those questions or is it more just you trying to prove success of your programs to your leaders? And if that's the case, I think the most important question there is, like I said, what are you trying to prove? What do you want them to know about these campaigns or um, all these marketing initiatives that you're running? I think that's the most simple way to look at it. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, it's about goals. I mean, we have said thousands of times when you're setting up your strategies, it's built around your goals. So what kind of questions then are we, could we be asking ourselves around these goals to find that data? Yeah, I hope you have goals when you're setting up your marketing campaigns. Um, and I think as you're going into it, thinking about what's most important, um, as I think about marketing for RevLocal, what's most important to me is bringing in new business. So you can think about that as leads. Um, And so when I go into a campaign, I'm thinking, how can I optimize most effectively to bring in the most leads? And at the end game of this, when I'm reporting out on it, how am I going to be able to present that this was effective in bringing in leads? And I think really setting those goals at the beginning helps you get to that end point. Mm-hmm. And I, we've also talked a lot about the marketing funnel. And to me, that's an easiest way to visualize a campaign strategy. My instinct is to say, okay, I've got this funnel. I'm going to set goals for each part of this funnel for this campaign. You pushed back on me on that when we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what does that look So why? Why do I not want to set up specific goals per level of the funnel? So... I think that's probably a pretty common thing that people try to do. Um, when you think about the marketing funnel saying, I want you know a certain cost per click at each level or a certain number of leads per the money that you're spending at each level. Um, and the way that I really think about it is that it should be an overall goal for the entire funnel. Um, so I think obviously the top of the funnel, there's a much broader audience. You're looking at a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with your business yet. Um, And there's a really good chance that a good portion of them may not be interested in what you're putting out there. So it's going to be a lot cheaper up there versus the really small audience at the bottom that you know is maybe ready to convert, knows about your business, interested in your products. Um, So I think that overall goal is what's most important, understanding that you're going to have different cost levels at each section of the funnel um, and understanding that every section is so important. I think I, in my career experience, have been pigeonholed before in people looking at these high funnel strategies and saying, this isn't bringing in any returns. Why are we doing this? And that goes back to my earlier point of you can't just go after low hanging fruit all the time. Um, You have to be able to fill your funnel to bring in new business to continue the process of all these marketing campaigns. So I like to look at my funnel as an overall goal. 
and think about one number at the end of the day for the whole thing. Because right, you really do, you need to nurture your leads from Absolutely. start to beginning and finding those people that don't know you and turning them into long-term leads. Yes. It's worth noting that if someone's at the top of the funnel, making their way down through that funnel, you're likely going to spend more money on them over time. But to your point about bringing in new customers, I think we'd all be willing to pay a little bit more for a brand new customer who's never heard of us that we can like add to our portfolio mm-hmm. versus the opposite of that, which is just going after, you know, your consistent customers. Absolutely. And I think that's going to lead us a little bit into your favorite statistic of, of return on ad spend, but we'll get there in a second. Before we get there, I wanted to pause for a second and remind people we have tons of content on the marketing funnel. If we've already lost you there, please go to our website, check all of that out. It's a lot of great stuff there. Um, moving on, I do want to talk about overhyped statistics, uh, which to me are things, stats that people lean on too much and maybe don't tell the whole picture, but they have that sexiness to them that people think have all the answers. What are those for you? Yeah, let's get into the stats. I'm sure as listeners are listening, they're wondering like, what should we actually look at? Absolutely. Um, and I think there are some buzzwords. To me, these mostly feel like buzzwords, but some buzzwords that people tend to pick up on and really stick to those that I would consider overhyped statistics. Um, one of those would be cost per click. I think things like cost per click, cost per view, um, impressions, impression level data, I think that can all be really, really valuable when you're digging into a campaign and optimizing and thinking of like, how can I make this campaign better? How can I get this to perform better as a marketer? They're very valuable statistics and getting in your platforms and looking at those. I always encourage that. Um, but in terms of reporting out on your data, I do think those get a little too much credit sometimes um, just because I don't think they paint a very clear picture. When you're talking about cost per click, you're talking about how much you want to pay for all of these people to click on it. But does that really tell the story of what they do after, which is what we care about? To my point, I was saying my goal is leads and bringing in new business. So do I really care how much I paid for all these people to click on it? Maybe not. Um, and again, it can be it can be really good for optimizations in my campaigns, but that's not something I would necessarily encourage sharing out um, to our conversation about what are you trying to prove. Right. And so, uh, to your point earlier, it's all part of that bigger picture, though. It's all earlier, maybe earlier in that stage of you know, because like you said, you want to. It doesn't stop once they click on your your ad or whatever. You still have to close the deal and get that return, and that click may not turn into that. So if you're measuring that as your success and you say you've got 20 clicks, but that only turns into one actual tangible lead or conversion, what's really the value of those other of those 20 clicks? Exactly. I think the most important thing that you can do when thinking about how to present your data is thinking about it big picture level. And oftentimes I think people wonder how much money did this make me? Mm-hmm. So always kind of trying to draw your conclusions back to that bigger picture whatever it may be. Absolutely. So what is how do we then measure that success so i think one of my personal favorites that i'll get into is roas which is return on ad spend um, and that's calculated by dividing your demand by your spend i think for me this is most effective because i'm able to say to a business leader for every dollar that you give me to spend on marketing i can give you 250 in return or you know two dollars in return whatever that looks like um, so you can even 
you can pick a ROAS that you want to be at and you can work the marketing in your favor to get you to that goal. You can just sort of report out on organically what happens on your ROAS. Um, but for me, I think that's the biggest story because it talks about your returns. It doesn't get lost in click data or any of the other smaller statistics. Um, and it really tells the bigger picture story. For every dollar you give me, I'm going to give you two in return with our advertising. So with the return on ad spend, you mentioned that demand piece. How, how does a business owner calculate that? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's not always so clear cut. Um, and so I think, you know, obviously spend is easy to calculate. It's right. right there in front of us. We know how much we put into the ads this month. Um, how do we get to that demand piece? And I think for, you know, retail or one-to-one -one businesses, your local pizza shop, you can say it's all about that good or service. Um, so if they purchase from you, it's just a sum of all of that good. When we're talking about business to business or providing services, it gets a little bit more complicated because the the immediate return that you might see could be like one for Rev Local, for example. It could be like one month of our services. So that's where I bring lifetime value into the picture. Um, if I was just taking my spend in a given month and using the calculation with all of the one single person we had sign up for a plan that month, it wouldn't look very good mm -hmm. because it's one month of data. So what's important to do there that I always try to add in is the lifetime value, which is just on average, how long are clients using our services? Um, so that data is just more digging into your business insights and seeing as a services company, how long do clients usually stay on with us? And then adding that um, into your calculation for ROAS to say, you know, we spent all this money, this person signed on, they stayed for nine months. That should be your demand piece and not just that first month of revenue that you brought in. For sure. I think that lifetime value piece is something that's missed a lot with uh, businesses. They, it, it's hard to look that big picture sometimes. And I know an example that I've talked about a lot is, you know, in the medical field a lot, it's you have to think about dentists or your doctor. Like people don't change these things unless someone's died or someone's retired mm -hmm. or they've moved. So your opportunity to get, grab a new customer is so limited. And so it's not so much, the lifetime value is so much higher so in much those higher. fields. And you almost have to think of it as a cost of not getting your client, of a new client. Yes, it's the lifetime value piece is crucial for those services. To your point for a dentist, if you say, I spent $100 to bring Dan into my dentist's office and he spent $80 on a cleaning, that's not accurate because Dan's going to spend $80 every six months for the rest of his life as long as we keep him a happy customer. Right. And so that's important in your calculation as well. And there's also kind of, lack of a better phrase, the gateway products as well. Like a teeth cleaning might not be their most expensive product, but if I'm at a dentist and they're offering me a teeth cleaning, I'm going to go to my dentist to straighten my teeth. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with all of those things. So you have to even think beyond just the product that maybe you're trying to bring people in on, but what are the other products you can offer? and build off of that additional or that original uh, purchase. Absolutely. So Chelsea, obviously return on ad spend is just one metric. What other metrics are there that some, a business owner could look into? Yes, ROAS just happens to be my favorite, but it's certainly not the only one or the best one by any means. Um, I think it really, you know, like I said, depends on your goals. Um, and there's so many different avenues you can take. Some other good ones, cost per lead. So how much is a business owner willing to pay to get a new customer in the door? 
Um, there's cost per action. How much are you willing to pay for a desired action? Like, for example, subscribing to your emails and getting them as a part of your CRM. Um, so there's all kinds of metrics we can dig into. It feels like the options really are endless. And I just encourage people to think about their goals and do their research. That's the key right there. Find your goals, build a strategy from there. I don't know how many times you've said it. We're scratching the surface. There's tons and tons of options when it comes to looking at data and how to be successful. Chelsea, thank you for coming in and talking about it. Of course. Before you go, we are going to play a little quick game. Okay. It is, in a, it is a word association game. So I've got five things. Okay. I'm going to give them to you. You're going to tell me the first thing. It could be a phrase, a word, an emotion uh, around these five things. Afterwards, there is a connecting thread, all of them. Okay. And you are going to have to guess what that would be. Oof. Are all you right. ready? I am nervous, but ready. There's no reason. There's no stakes. No reason to be nervous <laughs> on this. First one is United States Postal Service. I think my first thought there is just a little bit slow. Whoa. You okay. Them, but, you know, it's called snail mail for a reason. Sure. The next one is Google. Um, effective. I think. As a marketer myself, it's a very, very helpful tool for my job. Um, secretive also comes to mind. We, mm. we don't get to see behind the curtain very That's often. Very, very true. All right. UPS. Um, I'm going to say like shopping because every time I get a UPS package, it is something I bought online. <laughs> All right. Well, in that vein, Amazon. Same thing, but like super fast delivery. <laughs> I mean... Have you seen that um, meme where it's like, it lists all the different types of delivery and Amazon's like, we're already in your apartment. <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> all right. The final one is Netflix. Ooh, I think of my couch and just being cozy and watching my shows. All right. Do you have any idea of what the connecting piece of all of these are? I think I do. Is this like, um, like highest price stocks during the pandemic? It was not. Ugh. No, it is, Dang however, <laughs> the top five most loved brands in America, according to Morning Consult. I could see it, especially in pandemic times. I feel right. like we're all relying on Netflix, Amazon, UP. Like there's no going out. Absolutely. There's no shopping. Yeah, they have their what they call the most beloved brand index, which is measuring favorability, trust, community impact, and net promoter scores. And apparently they surveyed like 6,000 people to get this and there's a list of 50 very interesting yeah. i don't know that i would ever associate google as like a brand that i love because right. i just use them to search things i think a lot of people feel that way it is definitely just part of life yes not people necessarily don't. like a brand like when right. i think of a brand i think of like where do i shop or where do i eat that's mm -hmm. my favorite who could i not live without yeah one to that point i don't know if i could live without google <laughs> uh absolutely not no yeah. i mean it's because such a part i mean it's its own verb now yep so. Chelsea, thank you for joining us. It was very insightful. Of course. Everybody else that's listening, watching, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. You can reach out to us at podcast at revlocal.com. And we'll see you next time. 